Welcome to the Ultra Sports Science Foundation podcast, provided as part of our educational mission. In these sessions, we chat with scientists and clinicians who are generating new knowledge related to ultra endurance sports, bringing you insight directly from those in the know. Please listen in to our conversation. Hello, my name is Matthew White, your host for this Ultra Sports Science Foundation podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Eric Goulet, Associate Professor from the Faculty of Physical Education Sciences at Sherbrooke University. And Dr. Goulet will speak to us today about his publication, uh, Salt Plus Glycerol-Induced Hyperhydration Enhances Fluid Retention More Than Salt or Glycerol-Induced Hyperhydration. Published in the International Journal of Sports Nutrition and Exercise Metabolism in uh, November 2017. Uh, the details of this publication will be posted to the USSF website. Thanks, Eric, for taking time to speak to us today in this podcast on your study. Well, it's a pleasure speaking to you, Matthew. That's a, yeah, a interesting study and one I think uh, very applicable uh, for the Ultra Sports Science uh, Foundation and the athletes uh, who are tuning into these podcasts. So before we chat on, on your novel study, Eric, could you give a, the audience just a little bit of a summary of how you got interested in this research area and a little bit on the scope of your research program and the focus in your lab? So uh, I started doing research on hydration, in, I think, in 2000, so nearly 20 years ago. Uh, what I was really interested by was, the, was to look at how the hydration per se uh, impacts uh, performance. But at the time, I was a bit naive, I, I guess. So I thought that probably uh, everything had already been found guys like Tim Noakes or uh, Ron Mong were doing research uh, on hydration and performance. So Michael Saka uh, also. So uh, uh, I thought that pretty was, uh, pretty everything was, uh, was known in this field, but I, uh, I was wrong. But I wanted to do something that was still related to uh, water and performance. So I started to search the literature and found out that uh, an area that was uh, less research was uh, that uh, the one related to uh, how hyperhydration before exercise uh, impacts performance. Uh, we we knew at the time that water hyperhydration was 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 not uh, something that uh, was appropriate to to induce uh, uh, an efficient hyperhydration. So, in 1996. Uh, uh, Robert Roberts from the University of New Mexico uh, started to study a new uh, a new compound called glycerol, and he, he showed that it, it was something good that, that was way better than than water to induce uh, hyperhydration. So uh, I decided to to start from there and uh, build a study to answer a new question uh, related to our hyperhydration or uh, more precisely, how glycerol hyperhydration impacts performance. So this is a, my story uh, related to how I started doing research on hyperhydration. But otherwise, what I'm doing in my lab is, is uh, look at how uh, hyperhydration uh, uh, and dehydration uh, impacts uh, performance or uh, water-related variables uh, in the body that's that's about it yeah very interesting and and novel uh are important and novel uh topics and as you as you point out uh there's still uh, lots of ground to be covered and 
uh, sorting out the, the influences of uh, dehydration and hyperhydration on, port, uh, on performance, uh, there's lots to be, to be uh, discovered. Uh, so I, I'm going to ask you some further, more detailed questions on the study. And I, before we got there, I'd just like to ask about your co-authors in the study. I think Adrian de la Flore, Felix Savoie, and Jonathan Gosselin are all listed as co-authors. And maybe you speak a little bit about their contributions to the study. Yeah, uh, at the time, the study was performed, I think, in 2015. Uh, Adrien, at the time, came uh, in my lab. Uh, he, he was a bachelor. Uh, uh, he was studying in, in uh, biomedical engineering. So, so he, he came to my lab in 2015 over the summertime to do an internship. Uh, and he, he, he didn't uh, participate to the uh, data collection for his study. But he's the one who uh, sorted out uh, all of the uh, data and contributed to the uh, statistical analysis of the data. That's what he did, uh, basically, uh, Adrian at the time. Felix did participate in the data collection, uh, the writing of the study. Adrien also uh, contributed to the writing of the study, but Felix at the time uh, was a student of mine, a master's student. So he participated, like I said, to data collection, statistical analysis, writing of the paper, and, and Jonathan Gasley also uh, is one of my uh, student, master's uh, degree student. He uh, basically participated to, to, to the writing of, uh, of the paper of the paper and his, uh, and his review. Yeah, definitely a team effort and uh, sounds like some engaged students that are enjoying uh, uh, this topic. Exactly. Uh, so you've already told us a little bit about your interest in, in how glycerol is since 1996, um, you, you've been looking at uh, its uh, influence on, on performance. So could you summarize the main findings in the study um, that is uh, looking at salt alone, glycerol alone, or the combined use of salt and glycerol uh, for their effects on, on hydration? Yeah, well, basically that's, that was the, uh, the third study of a series of, of, of three studies that we uh, three studies that we conducted in this lab. In the first one that was published in the Applied Physiology, Nutrition, and Metabolism, what we did was to uh, to compare the effect of water hyper water hyperhydration, salt induced hyperhydration, and uh, glycerol induced hyperhydration. The reason why we wanted to to do the study uh, in the first place was because uh, in 2010, glycerol was banned by, by, by DWADA. So we wanted to know if uh, another strategy could be as good or even better than uh, glycerol-induced uh, hyperhydration. So we, we, did that we did that study, found out that uh, inducing uh, hyperhydration with sodium was way better than uh, glycerol. So then we went on to do another study where we compared uh, salt-induced hyperhydration to glycerol-induced hyperhydration and to uh, uh, sodium capsules-induced hyperhydration. Because one of, uh, one of the problems with the, the sodium is the taste. So we wanted to do a study where we could basically try to remove the, 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 the not-so-good taste of salt and see if it could be as good as uh, at least uh, 
salt-induced hyperhydration. Indeed, yes. Yes. Yeah, so what we found out was that uh, it, it wasn't as good as uh, inducing um, uh, hyperhydration with with salt that was already diluted uh, in the water. And then uh, we moved on to the last study, and this one. Uh, so we thought that it could be interesting to look at how uh, the combination of salt and glycerol could could impact uh, hyperhydration compared to uh, either uh, salt or glycerol, uh, based on the the principle that uh, both of these uh, compounds act on different mechanisms to, to to produce their uh, fluid retention. So what we found out basically was what we were uh, uh, hoping for. Basically, is that the combination of glycerol and salt uh, further improve uh, water retention compared to, uh, of course, uh, glycerol, uh, but better than than sodium induced hyperation. And and the the impact was quite interesting. And we provided to subjects uh, over a one hour period, approximately 1.9 liters of, of fluid. And at the end of the three uh, hour passive period, the fluid retention uh, was 1.4 liters for uh, the combination of glycerol and sodium. And it was one point to about 1.2, 1.250 liters for uh, sodium. And it was much less for glycerol, uh, of course, about 800 ml. So basically the, the combination of the, uh, of the sodium and glycerol can improve uh, water retention nearly uh, 100% over what uh, glycerol only can offer. So it's, it's quite interesting. And, and what's fun now, or uh, makes this uh, study a little bit more interesting, is that now uh, the band on this role has been removed, yeah. so uh, athletes could 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 now d- decide to uh, to to uh, to use uh, this, uh, this strategy. Yeah, indeed. One of my later questions was, uh, as you as you've already indicated, uh, I think it was January of this year, 2018. Wada lifted lifted the ban on on glycerol so it makes your study even more relevant now yeah so basically the, the interesting finding was the amount of fluid retention we could see that there was an effect on plasma volume but it could not be it was not significant i think let me look at, at the findings yeah it was not significant it was a significant significant time effect but not treatment effect but uh what we could see is is that after two hours the the plasma volume had increased by fifteen percent in the combination of uh in the trial uh, combining sodium and glycerol but at the end it was a change in ten percent in plasma volume which is interesting indeed uh yeah the 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 results are striking and uh you know i I penciled out the values and saw about it I calculated about a doubling of the fluid retention with the salt and glycerol relative to the glycerol alone, and about 20% for salt alone relative to salt and glycerol. So you, you do get a significant increase. Yeah. And among, among the participants, I think there was three or four of them that uh, who did not produce any re- urine 
over the three-hour period. So that's striking. Yeah, I, I did notice also the, the lowest urine production uh, at about uh, 550 milliliters was in the salt and glycerol-induced hyperhydration. So it's, it's rather pretty low, you know, if you think that they ingested nearly two liters of fluid three hours before, so. Absolutely, yeah. And we could even imagine that if they had started the exercise maybe two hours later, the, what they produced uh, in the last hour would not have been produced uh, during the course of the exercise because yeah. of the uh, reduced uh, blood flow to the, to the uh, kidneys. Indeed. And, and so one, one of your hypotheses in this study, Eric, was uh, that uh, the salt and glycerol-induced hyperhydration would produce less urine um, relative to the other two conditions. Could you speak to the rationale and mechanism underlying uh, those differences? And, and you've already mentioned briefly the, uh, the mechanism of hyperhydration is different with salt relative to glycerol. Yeah. Uh, what we know about glycerol is that... Uh, it increases blood osmolality, but it, it, it's not uh, the mechanism by which this, this compound uh, acts to uh, increase uh, fluid retention, basically because the, um, the glycerol uh, 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 enters the, um, the osmoreceptors, so the osmotic effect is, is uh, nullified because, because of that. But, uh, and the, 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 it has very, uh, very little effect on uh, ADH uh, production uh, during uh, hyperhydration. But the mechanism by which it, it, we know or we think we know it, it increases uh, fluid retention is through uh, the kidney. Uh, we know that uh, most of the glycerol is reabsorbed uh, by uh, the kidney tubules. So by osmosis, the, uh, the water uh, uh, follows. So that, that's the mechanism basically by which uh, glycerol improves uh, fluid retention. Uh, on the other end, uh, of course, uh, when we provide uh, sodium, uh, sodium, well, at least at the level we, we provided, we provided a, a quantity that was just sufficient to maintain uh, blood osmolality, uh, or it was just a bit below. Uh, optimal level of osmolality, but uh, basically what, what it does is that despite the fact that uh, body fluid pools are increased, uh, blood osmolality is maintained, so that fools the, the body, so it doesn't think that the, really the, the body or the, uh, uh, the cells or uh, the intravascular uh, uh, fluid volume is, 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 is increased. So it, it, doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't try to uh, excrete the uh, excess water that is uh, being ingested. And at the other level, we, of course, uh, some sodium in will be reabsorbed by, by the kidneys. So by osmosis, again, water will, will follow. So Basically, we have two mechanisms that that act, that act to to uh, allow uh, fluid retention. Whereas in with uh, glycerol only, we 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 have only one mechanism. So we we think we thought that if those mechanisms could work additively, 
that we could probably uh, uh, be relatively sure that fluid retention would become more important with the combination of glycerol plus sodium uh, compared to sodium only. Yeah, very interesting to, to, to look at the mechanisms. And so effectively, the retention of the, the glycerol and the sodium is helping to maintain plasmol's molality together with the, uh, the increase in volume. So the, there's no uh, reaction of the body to, to reduce the, the fluid volume. Yeah, exactly. One of the concerns always in a study that has uh, salt uh, as, as a treatment, um, you, you know, your, your study was randomized, crossover, counterbalanced, uh, you know, an excellent protocol. Were there any concerns with the, the taste? And I, I believe that you used some flavorings uh, to try and mask the, the salt taste so that you could blind the volunteers to different conditions. Uh, did we write that it was blinded? Oh, I'm, I'm asking, did you have any issues with the subjects identifying with which solution they were drinking and, and had you used flavorings? Um, or is that a way to, to try and blind them? Of course, it, it was just, it's just impossible to, to blind subjects to, yeah. I think it's impossible to, to blind subjects, uh, uh, with respect to, to, to what they, 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 they drink. It's it's pretty clear when you ingest uh, glycerol, it has a particular taste. It's pretty clear when you ingest sodium only, and but I, I don't remember when you ingest the combination of of, of sodium and, and glycerol if the 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 they could uh, differentiate between uh, of, uh, not between but with the. Uh, uh, the trial where the where the uh, they ingested only uh, sodium. I'm not sure of that, but I, I would say so. So I, they were aware of what they were drinking, but the reason why we we uh, we had some sweetener in, in the in the fluids was to uh, to attempt to reduce the uh, the salty taste of the sodium solution. Uh, and what we found out was that it's really important to sweet, sweeten the the solution, uh, well, so solutions that contain um, the, the sodium because it makes the taste uh, way better. But what we found out that was uh, the most important factor to make this uh, this strategy uh, appealing to, to to athletes was to 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 have the the solution provided at uh, a low temperature between two and four uh, C. Mm -hmm. Above that, it's it's the taste is 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 not that good, uh, and for some people it's problematic. Uh, so a good combination is to have this drink served uh, at a cold temperature. At a cool temperature and with uh, sweetener uh, added. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. No, that's that's important for people to know uh, that might be implementing the any of these strategies for hyperhydration and. Uh, and I believe the fluid intake is also influenced by the temperature of the of the drinks. Yeah, and for most of the subjects, I would say uh, uh, the taste of the uh, the solution that the, the solution that contained both salt and glycerol it was not problematic. So we no that was that was fine to them. Yeah. Yeah. So talking a little bit more about glycerol. Uh, on, on these, uh, this is really interesting discussion on, on the mechanisms. Uh, we know that uh, in, in the body, uh, glycerol is the backbone for the triacylglycerol molecules, and and then 
it's when it's isolated uh, by the food chemists, we can use it as a food additive for sweetening food, preservatives, and low-calorie diets. I think are used. Uh, they use glycerol as well. Um, and generally, the view is it's a relatively benign um, molecule without any risks. Have you identified any risks that might be associated with the use of glycerol uh, for uh, hyperhydration in athletes? Never. Yeah. Never. Despite what I could read and uh, what I could see in the literature, I've never, I've, did, I've tested, I would say, at least 200, 200 athletes or participants or whatever in my life, and I've never seen uh, a one side effect associated with uh, the use of glycerol. Never. Indeed. When, when you use it in, uh, to induce hyperhydration, if you ingest it alone, I, I, I could not say what it would do. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, when you combine it with with a, a good volume of water, I've never seen any side effects. No. Yeah, I mean, a strong case can be made uh, that for heat injuries, uh, heat exhaustion, heat stroke, or even heat cramps uh, could be reduced by helping to limit the dehydration in athletes that are competing in, in hot, uh, hot environments. Potentially. I don't know. <laughs> well... Thinking it from from the the preventative point of view and race management uh, uh, in the long events, uh, you know a lot of the athletes are are using salt uh, tablets. Uh, yeah. In other races and this might be a viable alternative. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Potentially, I, I know I, I have some of my friends who are using this solution not not before exercise but during exercise. So they they, they think that in some way uh, it helps them uh, do better. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think that this, it has never been tested really during exercise. So maybe this would be uh, an interesting uh, study to do in the future. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. So one of, one of the other um, considerations in, in hydration, we know that gastric emptying rate or how, how fast the fluids come out of the, the GI into the body uh, is limiting in that only uh, a liter or a liter and a half perhaps in some individuals uh, is emptied each hour. Would it be that the higher osmolality uh, in either the, the salt and glycerol induced hyperhydration relative to the other two conditions might be a point to consider uh, in this study. Uh, so that is that uh, the absorption point was likely to have been completed in each uh, uh, condition by, I think, around 90 to 105 minutes. Yeah, of course, we did not measure the the rate of gastric emptying nor the rate of intestinal absorption. But what I know is that uh, glycerol is uh, relatively... Uh, easily uh, emptied from the uh, stomach and uh, uh, absorbed by the intestine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think that with the glycerol, that would be a problem. Uh, I rarely saw uh, when I've uh, induced uh, hyperhydration with glycerol only, uh, side effects like diarrhea or uh, abdominal uh, that would suggest uh, that uh, either gastric emptying or uh, in intestinal absorption uh, uh, was reduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, however, when we add sodium to, to the solution uh, and maybe combine both, of course, the osmolality increases, but we, we, you have to think also that uh, uh, volume, uh, fluid volume as, a, as, a, as an effect on gastric emptying. So at every time point, subjects were ingesting something like 400 or 500 uh, mLs of, of, of fluid. So that helps. Uh, I think it increases the pressure inside the stomach. So that, that helps a bit uh, empty the stomach. Uh, related to so so I don't think that the, the higher osmolality is is really a problem uh, with respect to uh, gastric emptying. Maybe that there could be a problem uh, at the intestinal level. Uh, but again, we've tested overall for this series of three study about 45, 46 participants. Uh, more than that, if we add the, the combination of glycerol and salt, and we very few, very few people develop diarrhea. Uh, I would say maybe over 45 or 60 participants, maybe just a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, so of course, diarrhea would subject would would uh, indicate to us that there's a problem in in fluid absorption at the in, intestinal level, but. Otherwise, I can't tell to what degree fluid was absorbed by the end of the, of the three-hour period. But uh, if we compare how um, uh, I'm looking at the the data, mm -hmm. uh, abdominal discomfort compared to uh, visceral hydration, where we know that usually it's it's well tolerated, uh, I could comfortably say that. The combination of, of, of both compound in one solution is not really problematic, but in some people it can be. So like anything else, you have to try it before in training, uh, before using it uh, in a race. Those are, yeah, those are wise words uh, to uh, be trying out all your nutrition strategies in ultra events uh, during your training and not being making any changes on the competition day. Yeah. Continuing with what, what works. A uh, little bit about the perception, uh, sorry, the abdominal discomfort. And uh, in figure six in the paper, uh, there's a perception of thirst. And largely, there's no differences between the two, uh, between the different conditions, I should say. Uh, could you speak to, to those results a little bit? Uh, well, that, that's interesting. Uh... Well, I'm just thinking that you, you're uh, a fluid ingestion uh, in the different uh, conditions and uh, retention of fluid varies. Their perception of thirst uh, doesn't appear to be different between the conditions. Yeah, exactly. So that tells us that uh, even though osmolality increases, plasma osmolality in, in, increases, uh, it doesn't seem to, to affect thirst. Uh, and, and salt is not really a problem given that uh, yes, we we add uh, sodium to the body, but uh, we also add water. So in the end, the smallity uh, of the plasma remains relatively the same. It doesn't change a lot, I think. So it, it should not change the thirst perception a lot. Then agrees with your your perception results. Yeah, exactly. So we should not focus, I think, on overall. Uh, 
we should not focus on the overall uh, smallity of the solution, but uh, more on uh, on the, the how it would how the solutions would change uh, the plasma sodium uh, level, and they're in this case they're not uh, they're either uh, either decreased. Of course, we did not measure it, but if we add water with no sodium, it, it should decrease uh, natremia. But in the other uh, two solutions, uh, natremia is, is, is nearly maintained, so it should not have an impact on thirst, and results are, suggest uh, this. So, so it's good because it, 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 would not, it would not be interesting for athletes to use a solution that uh, induces thirst, uh, especially before an important event. Absolutely, so. yeah, yeah. So uh, effective on all sides. Now, with uh, the, the the lift of the ban uh, in January of, of 2018, and, and uh, this now becoming a viable option uh, for athletes uh, to pursue, uh, perhaps this is going to increase the the interest on on this method. And could you speak to perhaps what future directions uh, you feel that the field needs to go uh, with respect to? The use of glycerol or glycerol and salt hyperhydration uh, as as we move forward. Well, what I've found in in the past studies, I, I would not really pursue further studies uh, on glycerol uh, induced hyperhydration because I think that the use of, uh, of sodium is 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 a better alternative. It's a better strategy. I think that. Is it probably has a more potent effect on on plasma volume, uh, but what I did not do uh, with this uh, series of of three study wa was to look. Uh, I did not look at performance, how it would affect performance, mm -hmm. and I I think that this this could be the next step. Uh, look at how uh, uh, the combination of of, of glycerol and sodium. Uh, we know that it can produce a high fluid retention. Uh, we know that it can affect plasma volume, but in the end, what athletes uh, want to know is how uh, a strategy impacts performance. So that's, that would be the next step, I think, to, to, to look at how the strategy uh, impacts performance. Yeah. Terrific. Well, that, that, that I think, uh, gives a, a nice uh, uh, clo uh, closing comment uh, for where where the field should be going, and I think uh, Eric, your novel study is uh, opening some doors and uh, keeping people uh, informed with evidence on the effectiveness of these strategies uh, for uh, hyperhydration. Uh, so thanks for talking uh, with us today about your your publication on this uh, combined use of salt and glycerol uh, to achieve hyperhydration and. Uh, this is a method I think that with prudent use may help uh, prevent heat injuries. Uh, although that's not the focus of your study, it, it does uh, tend to lean uh, towards that uh, topic and something that perhaps uh, ultra sport uh, organizers might consider in their hydration uh, strategies or in their aid stations. Uh, so potential applications for ultra sports athletes. So for the details on, on Dr. Eric Goulet's publication, uh, ask the USSF listeners to look to the website. Uh, this has been Matthew White uh, together with Eric Goulet. Thanks very much, Eric, for, for joining us today. Thank you very much, Matthew. 
was a real pleasure talking to you. To our audience, thanks for listening and please join with us for future USSF podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Ultra Sports Science Foundation podcast. Please explore our website, ultrasportscience.us for additional educational opportunities, including our annual International Congress, medical training videos, and case reports. We welcome your feedback at the email provided on the Foundation website. And if you like what we're doing, please consider a donation to our nonprofit foundation. Until next time, stay healthy.